0: It's Amy Marks, and Chris Ranji on KMOX. It's good to have you with us on this Wednesday morning, January 3rd of 2024. Don't forget it's 2024.
2: So. It is 2024. I have already forgotten that twice, including yesterday on air. <laughs> doesn't matter 2023 well we are excited to bring in uh, wall street journal reporter eric schwartzel he's been on the show before uh most recently for his book red carpet hollywood china and the global battle for cultural supremacy and now eric had a, an experience that i want to hear about he went to went to Hollywood, and had an AI digital double made, an AI version of of himself made in a very complicated process. Eric, thanks for joining us this morning.
3: Oh, good morning. I'm excited to tell you a little bit about this very strange (laughs) afternoon I spent here.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Well, let's start at the beginning. What uh, AI version of yourself were you making? Is this the type of AI uh, actor and actress that we've seen in Hollywood films before?
3: Yes and no. I mean, I think a a lot of your listeners have probably heard the the term AI, artificial intelligence tossed around. And I was really trying to get my arms around what exactly it looks like and feels like. And so what I discovered is that what Hollywood is really preparing for is a future where movie stars or celebrities of any kind can get their digital doubles created. And what I mean by that is just basically scanned head to toe and, and then basically created in a computer using that data so that they can be in two places at once. So if Brad Pitt needs to shoot a movie over the summer, but there's a, uh, a beer that wants him for a commercial, he might be able to license out his digital double, and they can create a commercial using that double and air it on TV, and none of us would be the wiser because it looks so true to life. But in order to get that double, you first have to go through this scanning process that I did.
2: Yeah. And so
0: I want to we'll talk about the, um, you know, the compensation and I guess the weirdness of it in the first place. We'll get to that in a second. But um, just the process of getting the scan done. You stand inside this. It's almost like a sphere. And there are cameras all over uh, above you to every possible angle you could you could think of. How long does that process take to get the scanning done?
3: Well, the photo, the, the, the photography is obviously very, very fast, and it's all at once. So it's basically, imagine you're standing in the middle of this sphere, and you basically just hit every red carpet in the world simultaneously, it's like all the cameras flash at once. And that is able to just sort of get you from every conceivable angle. Now, it used to be that an actor would have to go to multiple stations for this kind of head-to-toe scanning. Um, the, the place that I went is being run by CAA, which is a, um, a talent agency out here. They represent Julia Roberts, Beyonce, basically every famous person on planet Earth. And they put it all under one roof so that you can go through, and basically in about an afternoon, go through each station and emerge with your digital double. That meaning, meaning they see how your body moves, they see what your body looks like, and they even do these really cool things with your voice So that they can eventually replicate your voice saying anything they wanted to in any language.
2: Okay, explain, just to delve into the process because I love this, explain to the listeners why you had to pretend to lead a workout video, pretend to be surprised, and then also shout, the woman's purse was full of trash. (laughs)
3: <laughs> yeah that was that was my favorite that was my favorite phrase so i'll I'll break this down one one at a time. so the workout video was just basically they had to, they put me in this incredibly flattering um spandex workout material I think it great. Thank you yeah. appreciate it, yeah. Um, I just basically left my body for I just pretended that none, there were no cameras in the room and um, and they they had me do these basic stretches, and that was to show that was so that the cameras could capture and the, and the programs could capture how my muscles specifically move underneath clothing, so that if in 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 a world where they need to put me base in a superhero costume they could they could do it in such a way that it looks as though I'm actually wearing. That, that costume. Um, and, and, and then from there, you have to do a lot of different facial expressions because I think we've all seen when this is done poorly, you can, you can have these visual effects experiences where people look a little dead behind the eyes or it falls into something they call the uncanny valley, which is when we register as it not quite being human enough. And so they want to make sure that they can capture you doing every conceivable thing with your face so that they can then replicate that as well. And, and the reason that I was shouting about a woman's purse being full of trash was because they have a list of phrases and they're all as nonsensical as that one was. And what they do is they, they've discover, discovered that those phrases taken collectively constitute every vowel and consonant sound that the human mouth makes. So if they can collect all of that data, they can use it as a, as a foundation On which to build any word or phrase or sentence they need you to say as your digital double.
0: That's just—it's such a a a wild thing that's happening now. And with the recent uh, collective bargaining agreement between the union and the studios, you know, you mentioned the um, the hypothetical of Brad Pitt, who's filming a movie, but also he could be hired to do this commercial, and his likeness can be used. In the commercial, while he's he continues filming the movie, so that's great for him. But does that agreement that they came up with, that the union came up with, uh, with the studios, does it protect all actors well enough?
3: Well, I think it depends on who you ask. I mean, you're you're, you're hitting on a really sensitive point here, and an important one, which is. There's definitely a world where this could lead to haves and have-nots, right? I mean, if, if you can have Brad Pitt everywhere, maybe that puts other actors out of work too, right? Um, and, and I think there's also a major question that comes with, you know, Brad Pitt could certainly command quite a bit of money for his digital likeness to be used. What happens when you are a background actor who basically used to, used to collect, you know, two-week salary from being on set for 10 days? but now it's only needed for one day because they can digitally insert you for the other nine. You know, I think, I think those, those are questions that are still being worked out in in real time. I think the reason that there's a real push from the talent agencies to get these scans logged is a, let's be, let's be real. I mean, the the agencies make money too. If, if even fake, fake Brad Pitt is being licensed out, right, they can, they can collect commission on that. But I think they also anticipate a world where, these doubles are being made, uh, you know, without any auth- uh, authenticity or without any approval. And so I think there's a world where if, if, if an actor can go to law enforcement and say, that double, double that's floating around out there, that isn't the one that I scanned, That isn't the one that I own. They might have uh, grounds for some kind of copyright violation uh, grievance and they might be able to better police bad actors using these um, doubles for for reasons, you know, that could go in a million different directions. I mean, I think if you think about the the implications this could have for politics, it gets very scary very fast.
2: Uh, That was my question because we know already there are ethics for genetic engineering or cloning, and we're debating it as the science moves forward quickly. But if this is... Like the ethics of genetic in- engineering, this would be the ethics of AI engineering, and beyond ethics of compensation, we're looking at okay, what about deception, uh, human likenesses, identity theft, taking that person? I as you mentioned, this could go really far in, in misleading several people to misleading the world.
3: No, you're you're absolutely right. I think it also. Could just get very weird, very fast i mean uh, what, what's this i mean right now this technology is is very expensive and it it is a rarefied thing to to get scanned and and have your digital likeness sort of be in in demand um, but I think eventually, as all things, it will become more and more democratized and and so what 's going to happen if you know grandma is you know here forever and um and we're not only able to have grandma around but grandma's able to wish you a happy you know 75th birthday 50 years after her death you know there's there are all these all these kind of things that you can tease out in your brain i mean i was talking to one executive in this in this space and he said you know like you think of the implications it could have for social media where where suddenly you don't need to have gone on a hike to Create a generate a photo of yourself that looks like you just did. Um, you know, it, it it could really become. There really could become a world where, where we're really constantly asking ourselves, is this real or is this AI generated?
0: I think one of the concerns um, I have, and I'm I know a lot of other people have the same. And by the way, we're visiting with uh, Wall Street Journal reporter Eric Schwartzel on the Quiver River Electric uh, guest line. One of the concerns I have is that the the makers of the technology, those who are responsible for creating it and advancing it, I'm not sure I trust them hmm. to implement uh, the right set of guardrails for themselves, that, that I think a lot of these people just think, let's see what we can do without thinking about what the repercussions of doing everything they can, like can actually are. So... Do you have similar concerns there, or do you, th- do you think that they will be able to self-govern? Well, I mean,
3: it's, I, I, mean I think it depends. What I noticed that, that, that gets to your point was it seemed like when I would talk to some executives in, in this space, it felt like there was almost this sense of mission that they had to be the White Hats. <laughs> um, and, and, and be the good guys. But I also think that in, without there being real, I mean, there's certainly a lot of interest coming from Washington in this space. But as we know, like it takes a very long time for the law to catch up to technology and technological advancement. And so I think right now what you see are a lot of people trying to fill in the gaps. Right, I mean, in a way, the you know having all of these actors log their scans is a bit of a guardrail um, against that, because there is no law on the books really governing what happens if someone misappropriates your your digital likeness, so maybe claiming ownership is one way to kind of put a band aid on it for a while um, but i think I think you're right, and also i mean twenty twenty three was really a year where that question of, of trust really emerged. And, and I don't know wh- where that solution takes hold. I don't know if it's with, with investors asking more critical questions or whether it's lawmakers trying to introduce something. But it does seem like right now there is this kind of cleaving happening in the industry where a lot of people want to define themselves as the good guys.
2: Now you had the process done yourself, so you've got that AI image. Did they do anything with it and show you, hey Eric, this is what you'd look like in a beer commercial?
3: <laughs> well, they they did, they did. In fact, we actually had this. We had this really fun thing that we did where they basically they they um they they cloned me. They 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 put me in triplicate where they they had three of me. They on screen at one point they were able to just immediately. I mean, I think one thing that you really have to. Understand about what makes this different than just traditional visual effects. It's like it's the immediacy of it And they were able to just sort of immediately cloak me in this like monster makeup I mean and 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 from there you can do so many things when it comes and and think also like they had one day of scans for me but if I were Tom Hanks and they could somehow be working with every photo and video of me taken from the moment I started acting then de-aging becomes a real possibility Mm. because they have so much data to use. They have so much footage of Tom Hanks at age 20 that it's relatively easy to, to recreate that as well. And then on the voice front, what they're able to do is really insane. They're able to basically have you not just say anything, but say anything in any language. So imagine what that might do to dubbing or subtitles. Because if you if you have actors who can suddenly speak Japanese and look like as though they've been fluent since birth, what would the, what would the need of dubbing and subtitles be? Oh,
2: my gosh. Jeez. I did well, not even think of yeah. that. Oh, my gosh.
3: The, the possibilities
0: are endless and also terrifying. So, uh, Eric Schwartzel, thank you for for being the guinea pig on this. That was great. <laughs> you know, it was a really interesting piece and uh, we appreciate your time today.
3: Oh, all in the name of journalism. I appreciate right. your time. Thank
0: you. And listen, don't the suit was great. You, you,
3: everything <laughs> oh, was fine. Hey, 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 I I appreciate that. Thank you. I don't know. We don't need to talk about the hairnet involved, but the suit. No. I'll I'll take the compliment. There Thank you, you.
0: <laughs> Eric Schwartzel, reporter for the Wall Street Journal